So Easter is over. Now what? We spend so much time studying scriptures during Holy Week and the week leading up to the cross. But what do we do after? Does it all just stop? (laughs) It sure doesn't, friend. And today we're going to take a brief look into 1 Corinthians 15, where our Bible BFF Paul sheds some light on how the resurrection of the cross impacts our daily life. But first, before we hop in, thank you to Steph Yeckering, who said this over on Apple Podcasts. She says, if you love Jesus and want a community of other women who love the Lord, then this podcast is for you. Sam will make you laugh and learn all in the same episode. I am so expectant that this podcast will be a blessing to many. Thank you, Steph, for those super kind words. Friends, run to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave your review today so we can help get the word out to other women who want to deepen their relationship with Jesus. All right, let's get it. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with Him again? Hey, I'm Sam, and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit Him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hope you all enjoyed your Easter celebrations, enjoyed Resurrection Sunday with your friends and family and loved ones. It is such a beautiful time to enjoy family and to celebrate. It is one of my favorite holidays for obvious reasons, but also because I have such fond memories growing up with Easter and my grandparents' house. And maybe you're like me, and I'm just going to warn you a little bit because we're BFFs now hanging out here, but it's spring break at my house. So I probably have 15 kids in my front yard. So if somebody bursts in, just just flow with it, okay? (laughs) But Easter isn't just a holiday. It isn't just time off of work or spring break or great food. It's not just a day on the calendar. It's literally everything. I know we celebrate the resurrection during Easter, and it's so great and so amazing, but woman of God, let me remind you that you get to celebrate the resurrection every single day of your life. Every single day, the good days and the bad days alike. But now that the holiday and celebrations or festivities are over, now what? What do we as Christian women take away from Sunday? Maybe more importantly, how do we live from it? We are going to listen to, like I said, our Bible BFF, Paul, as we take a look into 1 Corinthians 15. Before we get started, I want to give a little context about the chapter first. Paul had learned that individuals in Corinth were teaching that there was no resurrection of the dead. Paul writes this chapter to not only correct their thinking, but to help them and teach them about what resurrection from the dead means for born again believers. So in verse 1 to 11, Paul is establishing that establishing that the resurrection did actually indeed happen. He is confirming the certainty of it and that there were so many eyewitnesses that were still alive in that time. 
in verse 12 to 19, he is refuting anyone who said this didn't happen. He is challenging their unbelief. And if nobody is resurrected from the dead, then Christ was not resurrected. He goes into being a little bit sassy, I think, and says, if none of this happened, then we have been teaching wrong and dead separates us from God forever. Praise God, friends. We know that this is not true. But in verse 20 to 28, he confirms that this isn't actually the case and Christ did resurrect, that Jesus was the first to die and resurrect, but Christ also will defeat every power on earth and the Father will cause everything to be under his authority. Once that happens, Jesus will deliver the kingdom to the Father. In 29 to 41, he goes on to tell them that if the resurrection didn't happen, then he wouldn't be living this dangerous life of an apostle. And he wouldn't be doing it described in our current bodies as a seed that will die to make way for a far better body. Praise God. Y'all know that, right? We get a better (laughs) heavenly body that will last in eternity. And that body will be different from our current bodies as like human. And it's different than a star or a moon. It's so cool. You guys, if this interests you, I definitely want you to read this entire chapter. In verses 42 to 49, we'll be transformed again into bodies like the one Christ was raised with and made of the stuff from heaven. Though it's so hard to like fully understand this because we're human. But when Christ returns, both the dead in Christ and those who will still live will be transformed into an instant into these new and glorified heavenly bodies that will never die. Death will be swallowed up in victory, never to hurt anyone again. If you are listening, can you give me a big fat amen? Because praise Jesus, that is what we get to look forward to. So I give you context because we're going to use that in Paul's words to basically pull three ways we can live out of the resurrection, right? Who are we? How can we move forward knowing that the resurrection was last weekend? How do we get to live like this every single day of the rest of our lives? Number one. We live from a place of promise. Verses 16 to 19, he shares about what would happen, right, if Christ did not rise from the dead, and it's heartbreaking. But to call yourself a Christian woman, you have to believe in the resurrection. It is a cornerstone doctrine of the Christian faith. Thankfully, there's lots of facts, science, and other things that point this to be actual truth. But without the resurrection, none of Jesus' promises would be trustworthy. If Jesus did not rise from the dead after promising so many times that he would do so, we see in Matthew 12, verse 40, 16, verse 21, 17, verse 9, chapter 23, 20, verses 19, 26, verses 32. That's just in Matthew. Okay, there's tons more. But then it would all be for nothing. But praise God, we don't believe that. We get to the flip side of that. If Jesus is the resurrection, he is the life. And even though believers in him will die, they will live eternally in heaven because of him. Our eternity is sealed in Jesus. Jesus did die and he did rise. So what does that mean? It means that his word is true. His promises are true. That he is going to do what he started and what he said he would Friend, let me say that again. He is going to do what he said, what he started, what he promised for you, for your children, for your friends, for your spouse, his promises are true. So again, how do we act and live differently knowing this? Well, we know that he is a man of his word, so our confidence gets to be stronger. Our faith is whole and is strong. 
We believe that what he says will come to fruition either now or in eternity. His promises are true. Several of my babies during either pregnancy or after have had several serious health issues. And one of my kiddos, my first kid, uh, she stopped growing in utero. She, she stopped growing. She was so tiny. She had what they call interuterine growth restriction. And so from that day that I was diagnosed with that on until the end of my pregnancy and delivery, I was going to the doctors three times a week to be monitored. Mind you, I didn't even live by the doctor. Anyways, I didn't live close. So it was a whole thing. And the joyous pregnancy was my first kid. We had been trying for almost two years. We finally had this miracle baby. And I was so excited. I was living the best pregnancy ever, right? And then this happened. And I could have easily lived with a doomsday, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because lots of things could have happened. I could have lived with this like dark cloud that replaced the joy with like sorrow and heartbreak and nervousness and anxiousness and all of these other emotions and feelings, right? I could have walked out that pregnancy entirely different than I did. But I know that our God is a God of promise. I know that he is the source of hope and he promised me this baby girl. So whether I was going to have her here on earth side or on heaven side, that she would be completely healed and fully grown, that she would be completely whole. And I knew that to be true because of what he's already done, not only in my life, but in the Bible and the promises that he had fulfilled. Again, if he didn't rise from the dead, then all of this would be for nothing But because he did, we get to live from it. We get to act like it. We get to live differently. We are not worldly women who believes that the grave is the end of everything. That this life, this very short vapor of a life is all we got. We know that this is just the first part of what we have and we get to live an eternity with him. And so walking out that in confidence and hope and joy right? All of those fruits of the spirit, we get to walk in that because he is a God of promise and we get to walk from a place of promise. Amen. Okay. Number two, we get to live, we sort of already mentioned, but from a place of hope. I don't know if you've done much soul searching, not soul searching, earth searching. You've looked around the world, but there is one thing that this world desperately stinking needs is hope. My grandpa used to say, or grandma, one of the two used to be like, we're going to hell in a handbasket, right? <laughs> but it is crazy out in the streets, bro. And so we get to live from a place of hope. But what happens when tragedy hits home? We're suffering. When awful things, bad things happen, then what? How do we live with that? Look at Jesus's life, friend. Was it without suffering? Nope. Without persecution? Nope without death even, it was not. That was all still present then and is still present now. We know that suffering will come, that tragedy will strike again, but we can walk as women of promise and women of hope still. Why? Because in the suffering, the resurrection provides hope. Jesus conquered death in the resurrection. He shares his victory with all of us who follow him. He was not just victorious on his own, but we like we get to share in that victory. When a tough or desperate situation crosses our path, 
we can rest assured that there is a resurrection waiting for us too. We can live with the assurance that death has no power over us. We can live fearlessly knowing that our future is so secure. The resurrection of Christ gives us hope in the midst of suffering. Even in verse 20, Paul says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ's resurrection is the first fruits of a future harvest. We can hold on to this hope even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering, because we know that our suffering is temporary, even though it is oh so painful. It is temporary, and there is a future glory waiting for us. We get to be in the future harvest. Friend, have you ever been to a funeral where it's tragic? I mean, obviously death sucks, right? But maybe the circumstances around it was sudden and so sad, right? But yet at that funeral, it was different. I've certainly been to these. I, my One of my closest friends, family friends, they um, died tragically in a plane crash with another couple and they left behind seven children, very little children. And it was sad and heartbreaking and traumatic, honestly. Um, but their, their funeral was different. And what I mean by it was sad and it was heartbreaking, but there was still hope. Hope that we would see these friends and loved ones one day. Hope in eternity. Hope in promise. And because of the resurrection, there's hope in seeing our friends again. Like that is a different vibe of a funeral than people who believe like this is it. The dead is dead. The end is end. That, you know. So even in those tragic situations, we get to be women who walk in hope. Who the world looks at like we're kind of crazy because we're rejoicing Because we get to see them again, right? Beyond the trials, there is triumph. Beyond the pain, there is peace. Beyond death, there is life. These promises are true for here and now. We get to walk like women who stand on a promise. We get to walk like women who can hope despite what is happening around them. Women who, when everything is falling apart, we get to stand tall. And I say get to, you guys know I love saying that, because we don't have to. We're not robots, but we get to submit to his will and his promises. And because of that, we get to stand on those promises. We get to. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15, what we're studying, verses 21, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. Jesus was not overwhelmed by his current struggle because he knew who God is what God has done, and what God provides. So friends, let's take a lesson from Jesus' playbook and remember that even through the crucifixion, even through the suffering, he was not overwhelmed and overcome. Because, yes, he 
asked, like, God, if you would take this from me. But ultimately, what did he say? Your will be done. Because he knew who God is, what God had done, and what God will do. Number three, from the resurrection, we get to live a transformed and victorious life. Woo, this is my favorite one. (laughs) The resurrection of Christ empowers us to live a transformed life. In verses 42 to 44, 42 to 44, (laughs) Paul describes the transformation of our bodies in the resurrection. He talks about how they're perishable to imperishable, from dishonor to glory, from weakness to power. This transformation doesn't just apply to our future resurrection bodies. It's right now for you, friend. It is right now. As Christians, we are called to live a transformed life. And it's because of the resurrection and because of the power of the resurrection that we get to do that. Every Christian, whether you've had a huge monumental life story or not, has a before and after. What do I mean? And hear me when I say this. You do not need a trauma or trial to have a testimony. Me being a Christian woman since like birth, I'm kidding, but like literally... My whole life, I've been in church. People would always share these horrible stories of life. They had such a tough life from drug addiction to uh, prostitutes to they had cancer to all like those stories, right? And then they met God and then their life was forever changed. And so there was a part of me as a young teenager who thought, man, I need to have a trial. I need to have, in order to have a testimony like that, I need to like have some bad stuff happen. I need to have some testimony. I need to have a trauma or trial to have a testimony. And friend, if that's you, my Christian friends, I want to tell you that that is not true. That you still have a testimony regardless if you were born on a church pew, okay? Regardless if you spent your entire life in church and you've never done anything quote unquote bad, quote unquote wrong. For some of us, that's that's where we walk from. From other of us, others of us, we do have that. We have that horrible life story or that thing, that sin, that major thing, right? But regardless, there was a before you met Christ, before you gave your life to him, and before you said yes. You lived differently than you do now. If you don't, then let's have a conversation. Because (laughs) whether it was a woman at the well story or a Paul story or just someone who has known about Jesus her whole entire life, and she finally decided to go all in. The Bible says that we were orphans before he adopted us, that we were dead before he gave us new life. We were slaves before he made us free. From that point on, we were to walk in a new transformed life, a victorious life. Not that we think, we don't think that these works, these good works, these things will get us to a higher seat in heaven. Nah, bro, that's not what we believe. We believe that salvation comes When we, just like the man, I love, sorry, part of the Easter story is there's three men on a cross. One was Jesus, one was the bad person, (laughs) and then one was a person who believed in Jesus, and he still got to go to heaven. He couldn't even pray. He couldn't bow his head. He couldn't do anything. He accepted and believed. His faith made his salvation, not his works. So hear me when I say this. We're not talking about good things and works. We're talking about living a new, transformed, victorious life. And how the resurrection gives us the power to do that. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57, 
But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We get victory in the resurrection. But in 1 John 5, 4, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Our victory comes through Jesus Christ, but it is lived out through our obedience to him. We must be willing to do and obey God's commands, even when it is difficult, and trust that he will give us the strength to do so. But we get to live a transformed life. We get to, but it's also our responsibility to do so, especially if we are trying to love the world and show them what this awesome life with God looks like. It looks different than the one they are currently living, which we'll talk about that in a future episode. But one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8:11, and it says, "If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The Holy Spirit is a source of our power to live a victorious life. We must depend on him to help us overcome every temptation and live in the victory that Christ has given us. It was only because of his resurrection and ascension that he was able to send the Holy Spirit into the world to carry out his special work in us as Christians. We see that in John 7, verse 39, and again in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. What the Spirit does for us today is only possible because of the resurrection. But friend, he does not want you to just believe it. That is just step number one. He wants you to be transformed by it and live from it. It being the resurrection, it being hope and promise and the power that comes from it. Y'all, listen, shouldn't our walk look a little different? Yes, women of promise. Yes, women of hope. But women of victory. Come on, somebody. That's the God confidence walk. That's the walk that says, no matter what comes against me, I got this because of who he is inside of me. That's the walk that says, devil, try me. I know that victory is mine. The walk that knows that sin has lost its power over you, that death has lost its sting, that the grave no longer wins. We get to live with the end in mind. Sister friend, I hope that your walk looks a little different starting today, starting now. I hope that you're standing a little taller, you're sitting up a little straighter, that you are whatever you're walking through, that you are confident in the resurrection, that you are living out of promise and hope and out of victory because of Christ, Holy Spirit, that is inside of you. We get to walk with the end in mind. Sister friend, we have talked about three different ways we can walk different from the resurrection, right? Women of promise, women who hope, and women who walk transformed and in victory. That door, (laughs) y'all. Praise God. This is all such good news. But it doesn't mean that this process will be easy or without suffering or challenges like we talked about. It doesn't mean you're without trial or even persecution. 
What would it look like to have a mentor or coach walk through these seasons alongside of you? Do you have your own cheerleader and sister friend to equip and encourage you with the truth? If this sounds like something you need, then message me or email me today. We'll talk about what an abundant woman session can look like. I get to meet you wherever you are and help equip, encourage, and empower you to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So reach out. After this episode, I would love for you also to sit down and sort of like take a few minutes and reflect. You've heard these three things. You've listened to the scripture. You've read the scriptures. Ask God, God, where can I be strengthened in these areas? Where are there gaps that need your Holy Spirit to be filling them? Which one maybe needs a little more pruning or a little more confidence in? Sit with God and talk to him. Ask him to help you with this. He loves you. He desires this for you. So he wants to be there with you and do it with you. But he, right, is a gentleman. He's waiting for you to ask for him. So ask him. Finally, I want to leave you with this last verse Paul shares with us in 1 Corinthians. It's verse 57 and 58. It says, 57, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 58, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Friends, I pray this blesses you and encourages you. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.